Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. So lovely to be with you tonight. I want to pause as we begin and just to say a thank you to our frontline people who have been caring through this virus time for us. Um, they've been going to work. Uh, they've been serving us as a community, doctors, nurses, police officers. There's just too many to mention. And I do want to say thank you for caring for us and in reality, putting your own health at risk to serve us as a community. Uh, perhaps even in the reality, putting your, real, your very lives at risk. And we just wanted to say thank you as a church community and to let you know that we are praying for you and we are praying for your families. And uh, we really appreciate what you're doing for us. Australians are an incredible bunch of people and it probably is no more real than when we go through a time of crisis like this and they show incredible initiative. Um, I'm reminded of the, the article you would have seen on TV most likely of the food company here in Adelaide um, that has moved from making food and now have been able to make some space in their warehouse. Uh, they've retooled and they're making masks for our doctors and for our nurses and for our frontline workers and just th that sort of ingenuity just blesses me so much. Human beings are so amazing. The, the sportswear company that normally make uh, swimwear are making masks, but not just your, like, your white and blue masks. They, they're making really, really cool masks with a great logo. I would like one of those masks. They, they look fantastic. Incredible in, uh, initiative. What about Bickford's Cordial? Bickford's Cordial have uh, retooled and they are making hand sanitizer out of ethanol. That's a South Australian company. Just well done and amazing but just a warning it's not to be drunk as cordial it is hand sanitizer okay so you need to be careful with that there was a story that really touched my heart that came out of the states the united states of america during the week of a couple in chicago no not chicago in brooklyn and uh, really really creative as uh, jeremy cohen is the gentleman and, and he'd been uh, had a friendship with a girl across the road and wasn't able to see her because of the need for self-isolation. And then he came up with this really, really cool idea. And you'll see a photo of that on your screen. He ordered this plastic bubble and it was delivered to him and he blew it up. He got a, a bouquet of flowers and some hand sanitizer. And he texted her and said, please come out the front. And uh, he rolled down the street in this plastic bubble. And the photo you'll see is them walking down the street together. If you get to see the whole story, eventually the police actually came along in a car and uh, sounded the sirens, got out, and they thought that they were going to be in trouble. But the police were so impressed, they actually just wanted to stop and have a selfie with them. So human beings are incredibly, incredibly gifted. And that shouldn't be a surprise to us in any way, shape or form, because we are made in the image of God. And during difficult times, we see oftentimes the best in people. And of course, we could talk all night about those that haven't shown the best, but I'm so thankful for those that have shown great initiative. I've shown uh, self-sacrifice like our frontline people who have uh, put their own needs aside to service. Even as simple as folks who are working in supermarkets and putting up with all of the carry-on that's happening from week to week and getting very, very pushed around and very stressed. We want to say thank you and we praise God for you so very much. This time that we're going through has really made us think about the importance of community, the importance of being together. And I know that for many of us, the sense of isolation is a difficulty within itself. The virus is one thing, but the isolation is another thing. 
And it's one thing to be isolated as I am with my precious wife, but there are people within our community and you listening tonight who have been isolated and you have no one to be isolated with. You are on your own. And I want you to know as part of our community, we're aware of that and we're making every effort to reach out to you and to remind you that we haven't forgotten about you and that we do care about you and that this time will not go on forever. This time will pass also and uh, we will be back together very soon, I trust. But isolation is not something new to our world. Isolation is something that's occurred in our history many, many times and Isolation really does make us think about the importance of our community, the importance of what makes us community. It makes us think about, perhaps I hope, the deeper things of life. It certainly made me begin to think about the things that are really valuable to me. It's made me think about my relationship to God and it's challenged me in many different ways and i hope that you don't miss the value that comes through these difficult times that you can move past the superficial things do i have enough food in the cupboard do i have enough of this or do i have enough of that and actually begin to see that god is going to speak to you during this time about your deepest need and your deepest need is not for more food in the pantry and not for more clothing online. Your deepest need is for God himself to be near you. And that heartens me deeply because for those of us who are being isolated and particularly for those of you who are on your own, you are not on your own. God has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. It did remind me as I thought about these times of that beautiful passage in Scripture where God says that our lives are much more than food and much more than clothing. And right in the midst of what could be really debilitating for us, God begins to speak to us about the value of our relationship with him. It also reminds me of that amazing true story within Matthew. It's actually recorded in three of the Gospels. But I want to pick it up in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. And we see a man in Jesus' day who's been struck down with leprosy. A man who has been totally isolated by this debilitating and in those times deadly disease. Just a, a regular man. Only four little verses in the book of Matthew. But those verses are so packed with humanity and our suffering. And it speaks so powerfully into this time that we're in. That much more than that, it's packed with a glimpse of the heart of God for us, not just in those times, but for right now. God speaking to us through this true story, thousands of years later, speaking to us as we go through this dreadful virus and we feel the pain of suffering and the pain of isolation. God is wanting to speak to us powerfully through this wonderful story and continues to do. This is why they say that God's word is alive because these true stories don't only relate to what happened in those times, but we find that they speak so much into the time that we face now. So let's take a moment to think about that man, that farmer who was out in the field, working away and noticed that he had a, a mark, a bruise on his hand that began to bleed and thought really nothing of it, didn't realize how he'd got it. But that mark didn't go away, it began to grow and grow. He was trying to hide it from his wife because very quickly he began to realize that this mark on his hand was no ordinary bump, but this was actually the beginning of leprosy. A leprosy 
that would eventually rob him of everything that he treasured. It would rob him of his physical strength. It would rob him of his appearance. His very body would begin to fall apart. Now, the wife who he loved would not be able to see him again. He would never feel the touch of her warm hand on his face. He would never be able to embrace his children again. He would be utterly isolated from his community and not be able to go to church as we have not been able to go to church. And this would not go on just for a few months. This was his life until this wicked leprosy took his very life. This man was called to go and see the priest. And as he approached the high priest and the priest in this situation was really the center of his community. This was him presenting himself to the leaders of his community and asking for their leadership and for their advice. And as he approached the high priest, he would have been turned back and he would have been pronounced unclean. And words that would have utterly rocked his life. And there he was to leave that community and go to a place where all the other lepers were utterly separated. Every time they tried to approach other people, people would scream and run away and cry out, unclean, unclean. He would be in a community of people and the stench of death within that community was at first utterly abhorrent to him, but eventually it became part of his life. But he must have longed and longed and longed to be reunited with his wife, his daughter, his children, his community, his place of worship, a longing that we can begin to identify with. And this little story, only in four verses, we see something amazing happen as Jesus Christ enters in, and Graham so beautifully spoke about that last week. This is the Jesus who calmed the water. And as Jesus enters the scene, this man is moved to cry out to him, Jesus, Jesus, would you please heal me? Now, I imagine in his mind, he would have thought that perhaps this one whom he'd heard about, the rumors had come through that he was powerful and able to heal, may have spoken a word from a distance and may have said, yes, you are healed. And perhaps something could have miraculous happened in his life. But he never expected what happened, what was about to happen. This man, Jesus, did not just speak a word to him, but this man, Jesus, came near to him. And not just near to him, he drew near to him and he actually reached out and he touched him. Now, in that time, that was a sentence of death. No one ever wanted to touch a leper. And yet Jesus is no ordinary man. Jesus is God in the flesh. And I said to you earlier that we would see the heart of God in the midst of this. Because God is not overcome by disease and overcome by our wickedness, God is able to minister to us in the midst of that so tenderly and so beautifully. We see so much about how God feels about humanity and not just humanity, but how much God feels about you in the midst of your isolation, how much God feels about you in the midst of your situation. As you look at this video tonight, God cares for you. God is for you. God is wanting to touch your life and bring healing to you. And you might say, well, I'm, I don't need any healing. I, I appreciate the heart of God and I'm so glad that he's for me, but I don't need healing. I, we, that's not true. We all need healing. Because the beautiful depth of this story tells us that God is able to cure the greatest disease that's ever afflicted mankind. 
the greatest disease that has ever come upon the face of humanity. Our God is able to care for us, to draw near to us and to bring healing to our lives. And the disease I'm talking about is the disease of sin that brings death, spiritual death to every single man, woman and child. Spiritual death to you. Sin has separated you. Sin has, as we, in the context of what we're talking about, sin has isolated you from the living God. And yet he was not paralyzed by that. He was not overcome by that. He was not so angry about that that he was not able to, to reach out to us in love and say, I love you. And God didn't say, I love you from a distance. God sent his son as a baby in the manger, to grow to be a man who would come amongst us in the middle of our sin and our brokenness that separated us from him. He drew near to us and he touched our lives in so very many ways and he still is touching our lives today. He can touch your life at this very moment. All we need to do is, like the leper, we need to believe and we need to call upon his name and we need to ask him to heal us. We need to ask him to forgive us. We need to ask him to come near to us and touch our lives and invite him in to transform us. And he is not constrained by the fact that we are isolated. He can minister to you right now in the place where you are watching this video. You don't have to be isolated from God anymore. You don't have to let the the penalty of sin take you to eternal death and into a place where you are separated from God forever. He can draw near to you right now where you are in this place. And you can call upon him and he's promised that when you call upon him, he will draw near to you if you draw near to him. He's promised that if you believe in him, you can become a child of God. He has promised you that if you confess your sins, he will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I want to ask you tonight, as you sit there with your loved ones, as you sit there perhaps on your own feeling isolated, and now realizing actually that you're isolated from God, and you have an opportunity now to be able to call upon him in prayer and he's promised that he will draw near to you. If you would open your heart and you would open your mind and believe upon him and confess your sins and invite him to be your Lord and Saviour, he will draw near to you and save you. And you will find comfort even in the midst of your isolation. You will find healing even in the midst of your isolation. Most importantly, you will find eternal life and you will never be isolated from God. Because God says this to those that have believed upon him and his children. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Isn't that great news? Our God has bound himself to us. And so when we think about isolation, we realize that actually God is not constrained by that. God is able to draw near to us. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask you to humble yourself in prayer with me right now. I'd like to lead you through a prayer that I prayed well over 35 years ago to the Lord as I knelt down beside my bed for the first time and this was the first prayer that I remember praying to God. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like to, you to pray along with me in your hearts. Would you do that now? Would you be so kind as just to bow your heads and close your eyes and let's together call upon the Lord who wants to draw near to us. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, if you are who you say you are, I believe in you 
and I put my trust in you. I ask you to save me from my sin. I ask you to save me from the isolation and the death that sin has brought into my life. I pray that you would please forgive me. I invite you to take control of my life. I want you to be my saviour and I want you to be my Lord. I want to stop living my life for myself. I want to live my life for you. So I invite you in. I invite you to please come into my life right now to touch me as you touch that leper and to heal me from the death that sin has brought to my life. And I surrender myself to you in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, if that's the first time you've ever prayed that prayer, please, please let us know. Please contact us and let us know so that we can be praying for you and supporting you. And there's opportunities on the website that you're watching this on to contact us. And we look forward to hearing from you. Praise God that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that we are not on our own. He is with us at this very moment. You take care and God bless you. Good night.